It's that time of year. Love time. Chocolates and cards, big gestures, and candlelit reservations. And of course, there are plenty of those little shapes that some people dot over their eyes or cut out of folded paper. But my personal favorite has always been to curl my fingers together in an M and press my thumbs until they form a V. Don't tell me you've never tried that. Anyways, it's heart time. A heart, even all by itself on a page, says love. It's something I've known, something I've believed in my whole life. Well, at least as far back as middle school. Back then, there was this girl. For months, we'd spent all day every Saturday together working on a project. This one week, we finished, which was a really bad time for me to realize that I liked her really liked her, couldn't stop thinking about her, and I wanted to tell her, but it was scary. I mean, it's scary to tell someone new that you like them. Who knows what they'll say? And once you put it out there, you can't take that love back. Then one day it hit me. I could tell her and not tell her. I had the perfect plan. So I sat down on my desk. Then I got up and went to my dad's desk. I had to use the computer if this was gonna be anonymous. An anonymous love letter. I couldn't write out what I was about to say with a pen. So I typed out my letter. I mean, looking back now, for a seventh grader, it was the most romantic two sentences possible. Dear Allison, I like you. When you're around me, it's like I'm on fire. Now, honestly, that's exactly how I imagined she'd read it. I printed it off, and then I spent about 10 minutes figuring out how to print out an envelope too, because of course she'd do handwriting analysis when she got this in the mail. I had to do one thing myself though. Just above the black bold type of the signature, your secret admirer, I drew one thing by hand, a heart. That way she'd know how serious this was. I liked her, heart serious. I put it in the mail, my hands shaking, my fingerprints hidden inside some gloves, and I smiled. I was sending someone I liked my heart for the first time. This was gonna make her day. It's just a shape heart. It's so simple, but it meant the whole world to me back then in seventh grade, and it means so much to each of us now. Circles, squares, hexagons, they're just geometry, but a heart? It's got humps and a tail. It's got design, and still, it seems so organic. I mean, I can make one of these with my own hands just by pressing my thumbs and forefingers together. It seems like a shape that was destined to be, but maybe it wasn't. I mean, our lovely bubble heart, the emoji, doesn't look like an actual heart at all. A real heart. Well, the best description of that I've ever heard comes from Patrick Marber's Closer. Have you ever seen a human heart? It looks like a fist wrapped in blood. So where did our Valentine's Day love heart come from? Someone had to invent it and then it had to spread. How? Was it all just some Greeks in heat or a French book about pears? How did this one shape get into the heads of everyone in the world and whisper, I love you, or even, I love New York. Today on Creating Christmas, a very special red episode. Red for love, red for valentines, red for hearts, and where they came from. Our heart. The big, bloody, fist-like organ has been thought to be the root of our biggest emotions, love, joy, sadness, for thousands of years. At least as far back as the Egyptians, which means that for 
pretty much all of human history, the heart and love have been intertwined. Before there was a designated shape, the connection between the heart and love passed down in stories and poems. Some of the earliest still in existence date back to lines from the Greek poetess Sappho. Eros laughed at Inaxen, Emifrenas, Anemos Katoros, Vrisinebeson, like the tempest which falls on the mountain oaks, Solov stirs our hearts with violent strokes. By the 4th century BC, Aristotle was writing about the connection between the heart and emotions in a medical sense, which would carry on through our evolving world mostly unchanged for well over a thousand years. Now, while his belief that the heart was essentially the driving organ of the entire human experience was a bit off, it actually wasn't completely wrong. Even now, there's a real connection between our brain and our heart. What I mean is, a heartbreak is a real thing. If you have a severe emotional experience, your heart can develop a condition known as Takotsubo cardiomyopathy making your heart literally break and not pump blood effectively. And at the same time, the connection isn't just about heartbreak. Your heart also physically changes when you fall in love. Just like heartbreaks are real, so are the fluttering hearts of puppy love. <laughs> Connecting our loving heart to the double humped heart symbol also dates back to ancient history. Though some people say that the heart symbol was developed later, I think it's impossible to imagine a world where Roman birth control didn't play a part in the shaping of our modern day emoji. It was called Silphium, and while it did have other medical uses, it's sex, not the sniffles, that drove the plant into complete extinction. Silphium grew in a very narrow region on the northern coast of Africa, in Sirene, what is now Libya. At its height in the 3rd through 6th century BCE, Sirene was exporting Silphium to everywhere in the known world. It was such a major part of Sereni's identity and wealth that it was put on silver coins from the 5th and 6th century BCE. Looking at these coins today, the Silphium design is a perfect emoji heart shape. These embossed coins could easily be used today as really expensive Valentine's bingo chips, or Cupid challenge coins, or even Hallmark holiday money. Still, Silphium ended its existence between the 2nd and 3rd century BCE. The story goes that the last branch of Silphium was actually given to Nero as a present. After Silphium, similar heart-esque shapes appeared in art and design, mostly depicting leaves or just unsymbolic decorations. Author Marilyn Yom is the foremost scholar on the history of our symbolic heart, having traced its origins back for thousands of years in her book, The Amorous Heart. In her view, these heart-esque shapes mean that our heart shape could have become a lot of things not associated with love. So after several years of looking at these figures, these images, um, I asked myself what would have happened to this shape if any one of these meanings had taken hold. For example, had the figure become strongly associated with the Silphium seed in ancient Libya, it might have become the sign for contraception. Or in ancient Persia, it might have become the sign for wine and winemakers. Or in the 10th century Spain, it might have become a brand for horses. Why not? The, the double lobes do suggest haunches. But none of these meanings stuck to the scalloped figure we call a heart. 
I like to think of these non-heart hearts as figures in search of a meaning. And that meaning was found during the High Middle Ages when the ideas of courtly love began to circulate in Europe. This new sort of love, courtly love, now this love involved pledges of love and gifts. It needed a token, a symbol. And since everybody already knew love came from the heart, society suddenly had a need to create a heart shape. So it started with what it had, and that was a biological heart. In medical books around the 11th century, the heart was depicted as a pinecone-shaped organ. The shape originated way back in the second century with the Greek physician Galen. His depiction was pretty much completely unchanged since his time because, since then, there have been severe laws forbidding dissections. So in the thousand plus years, no one had a better idea of what the human organs actually look like. Our pinecone heart crossed from medical books to romantic symbology in France. Of course it was in France. The 11th century in France was a love explosion. The ideas of love and lovers and giving away love dominated French culture, driven heavily by minstrels and troubadours. The first appearance of giving a heart to someone as an act of love was depicted in the French Romantic manuscript, The Romance of the Pair, in 1250. In one of the book's drawings, a lover kneels offering a lady his heart. Yes, it also looked like a pair, but with the prevalence of heart symbols and songs and poems, as well as the story's plot, the fridge audience would have had no doubt that this image was a heart. The very first love heart. The heart symbol grew in prominence in medieval art, but it didn't take on our modern day shape until 1344. Again in France. Again in a book. In the Romance of Alexander, there is the first depiction of a heart with two lobes, or as we might call it, the heart butt. Also in this drawing, the pine cone shaped heart was flipped upside down, making the tail part at the bottom as we now draw our hearts. It's thought that this change in the heart design came from medical texts trying to more accurately depict the shape of the human heart, which of course contains two sides. From there, hearts continued to be used more and more as mainstream symbols of love and finally made their way onto Valentine's Day cards at the end of the 1700s. Now, the last huge change for our Valentine's heart wasn't French at all. It was very American. The heart symbol was first used as a verb in New York City's 1977 I Heart New York ad campaign, which was heavily influenced by Robert Indiana's love statue. See, again, the heart evolved from the idea of love to a statue that literally said love to becoming a symbol of the word love. Then finally in 1999, a Japanese artist converted the heart shape into five of the first generation emoji shapes. So what we've done here is over thousands of years, we've made the complex feeling of love into something anyone in the world can express or understand. And all it takes is a simple shape. That's amazing. And this simple shape was the same simple shape that I knew I had to include in my secret admirer letter. As for that love, well, I had assumed that receiving an anonymous confession of love would blow Allison away, and that the next time I saw her, she wouldn't care about anything except figuring out who loved her. When I did see her again, nothing. It was like she never got a letter at all. So, 
I never did find out if she liked me back. But maybe, just maybe, that heart I sent out on that night so long ago, maybe it did mean something to her. Maybe it was special after all. Looking back now, that's what I hope happened, even if it was just a little bit. Now this year, don't just think about your special someone. Make sure they know you love them. Send them a heart, a card, or even just a sweet text. It's Valentine's time, and it's time to love. But for us, it's time to go. Until next time. Creating Christmas was produced this week by me, Bobby Christian. If you want to read more about the history of the romantic heart, you can find pictures, early artwork, and links to more interviews, along with all our previous episodes on creatingchristmaspodcast.com. And if you liked today's episode, please take time to rate and review us on iTunes. From what I hear, each time a review is made, Cupid hits his mark. I'm Bobby Christian, and until next time, stay jolly. Ho, ho, ho.